Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Hey, Wendy. Hey, Mike. Weren't you just on vacation? <laughs> welcome, was. welcome back to cold Thank Wisconsin. Thank you. It's cold here. <laughs> I was in California and it was warm there. That was nice, huh? It was beautiful. It was really difficult coming back here. What part of California were you in? San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. And I saw the Capitol in Sacramento for the first time. All right. With Jerry Brown there? Uh, I don't know if he was there or not. I didn't actually go inside the Capitol, but I saw the Capitol structure. Okay. And it was very pretty. There were orange trees surrounding it and oh, that's flowers. And yeah, it was, it was quite nice. Jerry Brown used to date Linda Ronstadt back in the 70s. Really? Yeah. They called him Governor Moonbeam. He ran for. He was one of the contenders for the Democratic, uh, um, the Democratic nomination for president in 1992. I had no idea. That's right. No, so uh, he, people thought that he was, you know, he was a little bit on the far outside. Hmm. That's why I liked him back in 1992. Um, well, I like the state that he uh, represents. It's beautiful, real, beautiful and nice and warm. I mean, it's December. It's cold here. Yeah. I mean, the only <laughs> thing is you got to like people because whenever you drive, you're driving around a lot of people. This is true. This is true. Yeah. But so. anyway, I'm happy to be back. Thanks Yay. for uh, thanks to you and your sister for, for the nice Krampus discussion. Well, we're always happy to talk about <laughs> demons and devils and stuff like that in my family. It was such a festive discussion. It was, it was wonderful it was to lovely. hear you and Allison and you guys did a great job. And Thank I learned you. some things from that. Um, mostly just... To not be naughty. Yes, that's don't be thing. naughty. You might be dragged to hell by the Christmas <laughs> demon. Like, that's that's a bit worse than coal in your stocking. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's coal up your stocking. Oh. Hey. Oh. hey Okay. So what are we going to talk about today, Mike? Well, today I was thinking we could talk about um, subliminal messages. You what? Know, subliminal messages. Um, subliminal messages. I think I heard something. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you heard. <laughs> Buy some CDs. Um, so, <laughs> subliminal messages and recordings. Buy Sunspot albums. Um, <laughs> no, but the whole thing. So, subliminal messages, and and for the people that don't know what subliminal messages are, it's the idea that you can give people messages that um, you don't have to be persuasive. And you don't have to be convincing. You just have to do it at a level that's not reached by their consciousness. Okay. okay. So this would be maybe sub-audible. So, um, and the theory is that if you say something like, buy Sunspot albums, and you say it real quick, or you say it at a, at a real quiet level that only their subconscious can hear, that you're influencing people because you're bypassing their frontal cortex the prefrontal cord, you're bypassing the part of the brain that deals with rationality, that deals with logic, that deals with having to convince. You bypass that and go straight to the further reaches of the brain mm, where that's terrifying. they can be more easily uh, convinced. Sure, It's more easily pliable because okay. that's part that doesn't need sense. It just needs a mission. That's frightening, Mike. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole idea behind subliminal messages is that you can say something like buy Sunspot albums and you say it so <laughs> quick. Um, 
You know, one of my favorite uh, examples of subliminal messages Ooh. is from, you remember who Max Headroom is? Of course, Mama, Mama, right. Mama, 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 Max. <laughs> Headroom. Right, catch the wave. <laughs> And uh, it played on TV show. Yeah, played by Matt Frewer. And Matt Frewer's, I mean, really, he's in so many great sci fi things. I mean, Matt Frewer's been in everything um, Star Trek, uh, Chronicles of the Paranormal with Whoa. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, he was the trash can man in the Stephen King version of The Stand. The st- there only is the Stephen King version, the TV <laughs> version of The Stand. <laughs> okay. The TV version of The Stand. He's the trash can man. So. Th- um, Matt Frewer. Oh, he's also in Taken, oh, okay. which is a Steven Spielberg miniseries about abductions. It's like a ten-hour miniseries that was on Sci-Fi in uh, the early two thousands. That sounds fun. And it's it it's what gave us the actress Dakota Fanning, and she is well Dakota Fanning. Um, she's just like the greatest child actress of the past oh, ten years. Okay. So uh, that Taken. What else was she in? Uh, she was in War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. And that was like that was a big. One. She was in a, a couple more things that I can't remember right now. But I haven't seen any Taken of those, was like so. her introduction, and she okay. was so awesome in that that oh, we were cool. like, "Holy crap, this is a real child actor." She was a real star. Though. Got it. Okay. Um. And anyway, Matt Frewer has been a sci-fi champion for decades, and he's the guy that played Max Headroom. So Who Max Head- Max Headroom was not a computer generated creation i mean he was a guy in makeup with special effects well right but i mean he this was the 80s we couldn't do the computer generated guy he also was in um uh the the lawnmower man 2 which virtual reality okay it's it's a horrible movie right the lawnmower man 1 is a semi-horrible movie the lawnmower man 2 is honest to goodness horrible movie okay so max headroom but wait a minute. How does this relate to subliminal messaging again? Okay. So the first the first episode of Max Headroom, the American version. I've okay. never seen the British version. But the it, was, television it, it was series. A, the television series. Yes. Not him just because Max Headroom also was like an interviewer. They had him interview people. <laughs> God, that would be so annoying. In addition to being a Coke pitch man. And we'll talk about Coke uh-huh. in a second. Coca-Cola. And uh, in, the, in the entertainment world, you already always have to differentiate. But as far as, as Max Hedrum goes, so he had a, a sci-fi show called 20 Minutes Into the Future. And the first episode has these things called blipverts. That and just sounds disgusting. It does. Blipverts are advertising. <laughs> That's rude, Mike. Blipverts are advertising that goes by like 100 oh. times as fast. Like, like, Oh, my gosh. So blipverts, you receive, all the, you receive all the messaging of the advertising subliminally because... It's coming your, through so quickly that you can't you like you can't perceive it. In your normal. conscious mind cannot process yeah. it, and people were exploding. The idea was they were receiving that it was it was too much on them, <laughs> and blipverts was killing were, were killing people. Whoa! And so that was the original episode of the U.S. version of Max Headroom. Wait, okay, so the episode topic was them. That blipverts were being delivered to people and they were exploding. It wasn't like the actual episode had blipverts. No. I mean, this was okay. ABC Network in the 1980s. Right, they didn't have blipverts. No. Hey, you know. But the, the idea... How would anybody know? The idea was that um, the guy was trying to stop these adver- advertisements from going through. He discovered that and they were trying to cover up that these advertisements were killing people because they were very effective. Because they were, they were bypassing... 
the rational part of the brain straight okay. to the subli- like the subconscious Ooh. subliminal messaging. Creepy. So that's one of the first things I think about <laughs> when I think of subliminal messaging. I think of the first episode of Max Headroom <laughs> and watching it when I was ten years old or eleven years old or whatever, and just thinking how awesome it was. I, I used to. I mean, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite shows. And so I was really disappointed when it only lasted like six episodes. Anything good never lasts. Of course. You Such know, anything, life. anything really clever or whatever, brrr, it's gone. Mwah, 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 mwah. But um, subliminal messages, and saying we get back to Coke. A cola. So, Coca-Cola. Yes. The idea was that, um, I mean, the, the big urban legend about subliminal messaging is that in the 1950s, theater owners would have subliminal messages done in their movies. They'd put like a picture of a Coca-Cola. Oh, man. A picture of popcorn. They'd just put these images in there. They don't need to do that, though, because the smell of popcorn alone is, is, is enough, enough to make anyone want to I agree, but the, the smell of popcorn still has to go through your rational mind. We are like, well, okay. can I really afford the $9 for oh, a yeah, bucket of popcorn? True. that it, <laughs> Right. It's Worth like, it. It, I mean, it buttery. It's to, so I mean, the, that good. fake butter flavor, whatever it is, it, it's so delicious. It's so disgusting. Right <laughs> so um, bad for you. Yeah, it's no, so it's delicious. right. It goes straight to your heart. Like the individual kernels of the popcorn go right to your heart, and they stuff it, <laughs> clog the arteries <laughs> directly. <laughs> but that was the initial thing. Was the subliminal messages in the 1950s that theaters were doing that, and that's kind of the first time. So how long did it take people to like actually realize that these things were happening? That they weren't just like, oh, I feel like popcorn. Now. Well, it was a guy that did research in the 1950s. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, I mean, people people thought of this research as uh, very reliable for a long time. And then they stopped. And then we'll yeah. talk about at the end, we talk about the science behind subliminal messaging okay. a little bit. Um, we'll get back into it. But that was the place, like to drink Coca-Cola. Drink Coca-Cola. You know, like that would just... A picture of a Coke, yeah. you know, something which gets you. Yeah, then, that's... that's. I'm thirsty and I don't know why. Did you ever see... You've seen Fight Club, right? Yes. Okay. So that's uh, Brad Pitt's character. Like he, when he was working at the movie theater, uh-huh. he would splice images of pornography oh, into films. Oh, right. Okay. And then they would do that in the movie. And they did that at the very end of the movie. Yeah. And so if you haven't seen Fight Club, get, get with the program. <laughs> But it's there's, old now. Yeah, it is. It's 15. Oh, no. Gosh, no. I'm sorry. It's not 15 years old. Maybe, no, 15 years old. Yeah, 15, like, like 1999. I remember seeing it at the uh, West Town Theater. Yeah. All right. I am Jack's getting old. <laughs> okay. Enough Fight Club jokes. Yeah. Let's talk about more subliminal messaging. So, examples in popular culture. Yeah, because there's, there's so that's the movie side of it yeah i mean that was the that was the, like the original thing so when you think of subliminal messaging in the modern era and we, i i tend to think uh, i think a lot of people tend to think of the 1950s 1960s yeah. as the modern era okay because a lot of the people who had lived in the 1950s and 1960s they're still alive right you know like and you well. can <laughs> right you can the world war ii generation is passing on like it's just right if you're old enough to have served in world war ii mm-hmm. then you are in your 90s you're elderly at this point right now you know it's yeah. just you're so old that it's right so um you know people like my parents uh grew up in the 1940s 
were teenagers in the 19... Like, my dad was 18 in 1955, like okay. Richie Cunningham. Like, my dad is the age that uh, Ron Howard character from okay. Happy Days well, that's a good, that's a good... Would, would be today. Okay. And um, so I consider that the, the beginning of the modern era, the 1950s, mm-hmm. like post-war, but not, you know, after the Korean War. Sure. Kind of thing. And so, but a little more recent examples... Let's go back. Do you remember there, there was a there was a presidential election in the year two thousand? I don't know if you remember too much about it. I don't remember. There's people. Oh man, I didn't sleep for like three days. Right. There was a whole thing of like, who's the president? What's going to happen? Like election. Like it was like a full month after election day, or maybe it wasn't that mm-hmm. much. It was like at no, least a it couple was. weeks. It was a long. The full long time, time before the Supreme Court made their whole thing. Right. They even called the Supreme Court uh, case Bush versus Gore. They didn't mm-hmm. even bother to say like you know the Democratic versus Republicans. They said Bush versus Gore. Well, he ran a campaign ad, George Bush ran a campaign ad in 2000, where they said the word bureaucrats, and it did like a, a focus. Like everything else was out of focus, except the word rats. Nice. You know? And, and people were saying is that was an example of mm. subliminal messaging, because you were seeing rats. So if, however right. you felt about the government or people that worked in the government and things like that, bureaucrats, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And that's really what subliminal messaging is all about. <laughs> it's about a little kind of focus yeah. that might change. Influence your thoughts. You know, at, around the same time, a little, maybe a little bit after, um, and this isn't even the outline, I just remembered this. Okay. You remember, so Miller Lite, we've drank in our share, right? <laughs> Oh, yes. Right, uh, yeah, we drank oceans of Miller Lite in that thing. Um, grew up in Milwaukee, you didn't have a choice. And not when we were kids, you know what I mean. Anyway, so Miller Lite, um, they had that, remember the, the guy Dick? It no. was like, this This ad was created by Dick. Like they had a that whole, ad campaign. so Miller Lite had a whole special okay. ad campaign based around the fact that there was a regular guy named Dick. Who, good old Dick. Yeah, good old Dick would try to get you to drink Miller Lite. Huh. So he was the guy creating the ads. Okay. So it wasn't some... Marketing Mad- executive. wasn't some Madison Avenue marketing executive uh, guy who you. drinks three olives vodka. It was Dick who drinks Miller Lite. Okay. Okay. So... So what was Dick doing to us? At the end of every commercial was like one or two seconds of this message was brought to you by Dick. And Dick was signed. Okay. Well... Somebody stopped that part of it and looked at the actual signature. Yeah. And Dick's signature looked like drink. Ah. So it was signed, so Dick looked like it said drink. Interesting. And that was another example. I mean, for a visual type of thing where you look at it and then your mind goes, Ooh, oh, drink. drink. Maybe they just told me to drink. and they, drink Maybe I should drink Miller Lite. I, I need to go to the bathroom a lot. I feel bloated. <laughs> right. Uh, so that uh, was just, I, I just thought of that example and I forgot about that. Was that that, that whole dick thing? Interesting. To drink. Now, um, there's also a uh, a Simpsons episode where they talk about subliminal messaging, and Bart joins a boy band. Oh man! Yeah. Okay. So boy. So if you guys don't know what a boy band is, um, if you're young, think of One Direction. If you're old, think of the Monkees. 
Oh wow! <laughs> if you're not quite Somewhere that in between, if you're not quite that old, thinking new kids on the block. Okay. And then, if you're not quite that that old, think of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, or Backstreet yeah. Boys. Sure. So, and this is obviously around when boy bands came back into vogue, which was uh, the early 2000s, late 90s, with Gosh. Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and O Town and whatever else uh, they had. 98, I forgot about 98 Degrees. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even name a 98 Degrees song. Don't forget all four, one. No, I, I forget about them. <laughs> yeah, how can I? I have their poster on my wall. Okay. Uh, but the thing is that Bart was trying to. Uh, get people to join the Navy. So the bo- the boy band in The Simpsons was using subliminal messages oh, that's funny. to get people that's to join the Navy. And that's just another example of pop culture. And then probably what I think is when th- it was very literal is Kevin Nealon, um, who I guess if you are not familiar with late 80s Saturday Night Live, which I'm very sorry if you're not familiar with late 80s Saturday Night Live because I still think that's the second best one behind the original. Um, Kevin Nealon, tall, dark-haired guy. He was on the show Weeds. Um, he also is one half of Hans and Franz. Right. So Hans <laughs> and Franz you is... Right, and they're back in the um, State Farm ads. That's right. With Aaron Rodgers, like Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon. I was just are st- say, is, is that actually Dana Carvey in those ads? Oh, yeah, that's Dana Carvey. I didn't think it was him. It did not look like him to me. Really? I still think Dana Carvey. And Dana Carvey's like 60. He looks good. Yeah. Well, he was in that one uh, sitcom. What was it? Uh, oh, shoot. I can't think of it now. Um, okay. Well, we'll think of it. But anyway, okay. in that ad... It did not look like him. Okay. I thought it was. I thought they hired somebody who just sort of looked like Dana Carvey for the Hans and Franz thing. No, I'm sure it's got to be Dana Carvey. Really? I think he owns intellectual property, and I think he can. I don't think he can have anyone else be. No, Franz. it's got to be me, Hans and Franz. Pump you, you up. Pump you up, you gully man. All right, well, Mr. Salty Pretzel. It's pretty amazing that 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 is continuing. It's <laughs> yeah. perpetuated with Aaron Rodgers. Like 25 years later, <laughs> we're still talking about Hans and Franz with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, so Kevin Nealon was one half of Hans and Franz. One and half. He, he also used to do, he did Weekend Update after Dennis Miller. And before Norm MacDonald. Oh, or yeah. before, yeah, because it was Norm MacDonald and Conquin. Um, anyway. And Dennis so, Miller. But de- right, Dennis Miller, oh, Kevin okay, Nealon, sorry, yes. then Norm MacDonald. Yeah. So, and I loved Kevin Nealon when he did it. But Kevin Nealon used to have a character called Subliminal That's Man. That's right. And so Subliminal would like talk to a woman in the elevator. He'd be like, Hey, how you doing? Boy, it's nice to meet you. Have sex with me. Yeah. And he would just so say those funny. little things like, I'm a really good looking guy. And it was just little <laughs> subliminal man would give little subliminal messages between regular things. and would say I'm so fast. Um, <laughs> so I think when a lot of people think of subliminal messages, the first person they think of is meeting Kevin Neal in an elevator and him saying like, take off your clothes. And uh, that, no, that was always good. Well, you know, we should. We can also go back to um, uh, how about the UK has the UK m- the UK has made a law prohibiting subliminal messaging and advertising. That is a great idea. So they right because the, the don't don't break the law. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the notion of ads being able to just sneak things at you. Like I mean, that's if you think they brain. work. Like if you think that your subconscious is so suggestible. But you can't help that. No, that's true. 
that you you couldn't help it. But if you think your so, subconscious is so success, you know, suggestible mm-hmm. that you can give Mike a hundred dollars, then you know whatever, <laughs> buy me a car. Um, so the UK has made a law prohibiting subliminal messaging and advertising. Cool. But this is also the country that banned Gloomy Sunday. Oh, I remember that. For 50, 60 years. What 60 episode? years. What episode was that, Mike? That was the saddest song, song in, in the, the world, world episode. episode. I think it was like nine or something. And uh, that's where we talked about Gloomy Sunday, which was a, you know, a Hungarian suicide song. Yeah. So they banned they banned that song and they banned subliminal messages. The the parliament to ban. I think the UK parliament needs something better to do. Yeah. Like you should probably be I don't know, taking care of your poor people, governor. <laughs> governor. <laughs> Rather than worrying about if the advertisers are going to do subliminal messaging. Um but speaking of Brits, episode 6 by the episode way. Episode 6 is gloomy Sunday. Speaking yes. of Brits. Yes. Righto. Right. Uh, a couple of the most famous subliminal messaging cases in the United States are the result of British people. For example, Judas Priest. What? Right. Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, right. Remember how people used to think of Ozzy? Right. I mean, when Ozzy Osbourne was on, the Osbournes, when the Osbournes were on, and he was a complete and total mess. You know, you just see Ozzy like trying to beat alcoholism. It was actually really sad. And he's like trying to quit smoking. He's like, Sharon, Sharon, where's my cigarettes? Why won't you let me have a puff? (laughs) And he's freaking out about it. I just want a puff. And he's like, I'm the prince of darkness. And it's like, Ozzy wasn't really the prince of darkness, obviously, but he got that reputation. And so uh, he had a song called Suicide Solution. Okay. And uh, Suicide Solution, he said, was based on... Now, we talked about Bon Scott in a previous episode with yes. Susan Messino. Right. So, Bon Scott was friends with Ozzy. Um, ACDC hit it, you know, the same time when Black Sabbath was very successful. Mm-hmm. And Bon Scott, I mean, was drank a lot. Like, drank so much that he barfed on his... I mean, he choked in his own vomit mm. and died. Mm. In, a, in a tragic, tragic way. So sad. But... Su- so Ozzy wrote a song about alcohol, and he called it Suicide Solution. Okay. Solution, like liquid. Oh, okay. Not so, like the solution to a problem. Like, right, solution, yeah. like liquid. Okay. And so, uh, you know, the first line of the song is, wine is fine, but liquor's quicker. Um, and he gets in, and there's a part of the song, which is, it sounds like you can barely hear the talking of it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, why try get the gun and shoot? Oh. Well, somebody killed themselves in 1985. Oh, gosh, that's awful. And the parents sued Ozzy in 1986. Oh. Right. It's a horrible thing, but you know. So sad. Well, think about the people that were attracted to heavy metal in the 1980s, in the 1970s. You're attracted to this underground mm-hmm. culture, you're attracted to outsider culture. And. Those are the kind of people who feel lonely, isolated. The kind of people who might not find a solution with other people and they end up killing themselves. Right. And obviously the parents are distraught. What a horrible thing. They sue Ozzy Osbourne saying that he said, why try, get the gun and shoot. Which to me, I don't know if necessarily, I, mean, I guess if it's in a song called Suicide Solution, right. get the gun and shoot means shoot yourself. It could push someone over the edge if they're very volatile. You know, and I don't, 
I don't know if I believe him. Ozzy said that the, the phrase actually was, get the flaps out. <laughs> what? Get the flaps out. The flaps? English slang for a vajayjay. Oh, the vajayjay. The vagina. English That's slang for cool. a vagina. So get oh, the flaps really? out. Really? Honestly? And I don't even know. That's poor. And so. <laughs> That's not poetry. You know, I think that's really weak sauce. And I think it's really weak sauce because I think they were just using it because it can't, you can hear get the flaps out instead of get the gun out. Get, right. get the I gun mean, shoot. You can always argue like, oh, it's, he's saying this, he's saying this. No one actually knows what he's saying. Well, he uh, might not even know what he's saying. Right. Because he, right. Because he was snorting ants at the time. Like Ozzy was heavily in the cocaine, heavily into alcohol. Like he was, he was all the way on the other side at the time. Um, but the thing is, Get the flaps out in a song about your friend committing suicide? Yeah, it doesn't really seem like it, it fits for that particular Get the topic. flaps out. There's no flaps like, oh, to get out. Somebody just yeah. killed themselves. Keep the flaps in. Right. I, so it was it was litigation and they were trying to I, I think that's what I defend think. him. And, I, you yeah. know, I don't think Ozzy was trying to get people to kill themselves, but I right. think he, he was this, like desperate for he was looking. He was looking to make the song more shocking, or mm. things like that. And then maybe they just did this subliminal thing to be f- funny or crazy or edgy. That's so horrible, though, because think about how you'd feel after you heard that. Sure. Well, what did he do for the next ten years? He just drank himself to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So Ozzy, obviously, uh, but that get the flaps out. Suicide solution went to court. Judas Priest was the second one went to court. <gasps> Right. I love the priest. I used yeah. to sing in a priest tribute band. That's right. You, you played a mean Rob Halford, thank, I must say. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, and I really wish I would have asked Rob Halford. I interviewed Rob Halford a couple of years ago, and I wish I would have asked him about this. But I was, he wanted to talk about his new album. Sure, right. He was like at a, he was at like a Indian casino in Arizona at the time. And like I was calling him between playing draw poker and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and you're, I mean, and you're I interviewing him for a magazine too, so... It's it wasn't a his, personal thing. Yeah, right. And, uh, but they had a song called Better By You, Better Than Me. And I think that, you know, I think that their, their case is a little better than Ozzy's because they just said, do it. So, do it. That could be open to interpretation. And it wasn't a song that was written by Judas Priest. You know, um, they were sued the same year that Ozzy was, 1986. Which it seemed like it was okay to take heavy metal bands to court. This is right before Congress had the the Parents Music Research Council, which is why we ended up with explicit lyrics. Oh, okay, um, right. I remember when that all so th- this was a happened. Thi- so yeah. this was a thing when we were really worried about music. Um, right, <laughs> and the gang- impact. gangster rap hadn't even started yet. Oh my goodness! And um, so the whole idea was another kid killed themselves, and they said that in the Judas Priest song, it said, "Do it." And it, abso- it absolutely sounds like they're saying do it. Oh, wow. Like they are saying do it. But they're not even talking about suicide. They right, because... They're talking about sex or anything. Yeah, or, right or anything. <laughs> do it could imply any number of things. So, I mean, none, nobody from Judas Priest went to jail. It just was a big... Like, it was basically a big heavy metal press conference, you know, kind of thing. But I think the most interesting part of that is the judge declared subliminal messages... And this is a precedent now. Subliminal messages are not speech that's covered by the first amendment interesting so you could be doing something you could say something like fire in a crowded room um subliminally 
and it's not covered. It's not protected speech. Wow. If you are not speaking to a person rationally, if yeah. you are trying to speak directly to their subconscious, it is not protected okay. speech. All right. So that is something to keep in mind for the next episode. Mm, good to know. Um, well, you know, we should hear a couple of ooh, more famous. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a couple of different ways that people say that you hear subliminal messages. Yes. Number one is is the quiet ones. So that's beneath do it. a louder thing. Or get the flaps out. Or if you listen to the end of, uh, there's that Def Leppard song. Oh, I don't want to touch you too. Love Bites. The end of Love... Such a good song. Yes. The end of Love Bites. Oh, right. It has that weird like... Robot voice. Yeah. And, it, and this is what they said. It's they, People said that Def Leppard goes, Jesus of Nazareth, go to hell. What? That's what I'm they said. i to that later. But listen to Love Bites and okay. see if you don't hear that at the very end That's of the bizarre. song. Now, I have no idea why, why? Def Leppard, who had no... Like, they weren't evil at all. They were just the guys. They were the, the the only evil they were was that they would make love to you and would not call you again. Like, that was the worst thing about Def Leppard. <laughs> the only evil thing was that they used up too much Aquanet. There <laughs> right. was none left for anyone else. Right. And they used all the condoms in your tongue. Um, well, if you watch that behind the music, those guys um, obviously owe child support all around the world. Wow. And. But the thing is, like, I have no idea why Def, Le- Def Leppard would say Jesus of Nazareth go to hell. But listen to the end of that song. And okay. if you, when people are looking for subliminal messages, see if you don't hear it. All right. And you can hear that on the radio on any classic rock station any day. Oh, the yeah. Day. They play it all the time. That's yeah. one of the, the biggies. Off of hysteria. The, the big rock ballad. Love bites. Love bites. <laughs> so good, though. I love that it's song. It's a great song. No, that, that hysteria album is brilliant. I mean, yeah. in, this way and that, it's brilliant. That particular song I just find pretty amazing. Sure. It was one of my favorites, too, when I was a kid. So we should talk a little bit. I mean, number one, the yes. Beatles used backward exactly. messages. Oh, so the my subliminal, gosh, yes. There's, su- there's subliminal I messages. I buried Paul. And there's backward messages. Right. Okay. So, so they're, they're different things, the subliminal versus the backwards. And, you know, I don't know about the research on actually being able to process backmasking. Because that, that seems like a lot for a brain to be able to... I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I don't the, underestimate the, the power. The brain is a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, obviously our brains are amazing. Yes, they are. My but, brain especially. <laughs> <laughs> but to be able to take something that you hear backwards and like even subliminally translate it into something that makes sense. It's it's ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, it seems a bit much. I mean, but let's okay. So okay, I keep an open in mind. the Beatles Revolution Number Nine. The idea was that because they hold the whole Paul is dead thing, mm-hmm. right? And you know, if this was the days before the internet, the days before TMZ, like you would, like now you see Paul McCartney going to the bathroom at some club. You know, back in the day. You would not get that kind yeah, of information. More legendary characters. You waited for papers. Right. You waited for something in the mail. You yeah. could be a member of a fan club and you get something in the mail. That's true. I would not wait for the mail today. On Facebook, you see it thirty. On, on Twitter, in Twitter, you see a minute later. Right. You know. Um. <clears throat> so we should listen to this one though, Britney Spears. Oh yeah. And this is her first big hit. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, let's take a listen to okay. it ba- forwards and, and then, then backwards. And then let's see what you think. Okay, here we go. So, did you hear what she said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Remember in that video, she was dressed like a schoolgirl, the whole thing, like the whole... Oh, yeah. She had the like cool dance. Yeah. The group. And our friend Dave used to carry around a picture of Britney Spears in his wallet and tell everybody that was his girlfriend. Aww. That was before she was popular. He's like, no, check out my girlfriend. We'd all be like, oh, my God, where's she? He's like, oh, she's not here tonight. That's totes adorbs. It was totes adorbs. All right. So... She was pretty hot back then, but like... You know, I don't know if that would make me want to buy the album. Well, if you play that song forward and you hear her sing, With You, I Lose My Mind, give me a sign. I hear that. Give me a sign. All right. But if you play it reversed, apparently, and you can be the judge, we just played it so you could rewind. Or, yeah, rewind. Um, But it reversed, it supposedly sounds like, sleep with me, I'm not too young. Oh, that's just so nice. Isn't you hear it? that. You totally hear that. It's yeah, a nice. It really does. Sound Do I like think that. it has an effect on people like all of a sudden being like jailbait's cool? No, I don't think so. But I do that's think that's pretty weird. I think that that song came of an age Why, in, in the digital world where people could play things backwards and forwards easily. <sighs> and then you just yeah. heard it. So I don't know why they would do that, except they would. Well, the people in Hollywood are sick. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, there you, there's your answer. How about another one, Mike? Okay, this this is the one, like when I was in sixth grade, people would be like, yeah, my mom won't let me listen to Queen. <laughs> and I'm like, Queen seemed like the most inoffensive band. I mean, I know uh, there's plenty of crazy stories about Queen, but they seem like the, the most yes. inoffensive band in the right. world. And, and especially with their songs. I mean, the topics of their songs. Yeah, you're my best friend. Surf, like, surface oh, level are very nice. Right. Like, you're my best friend. Sounds like the, you know, uh, a My Little Pony song. We are the champions, my friend. Right. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, but another one bites the dust. Take a listen to it forward. Take a listen. This is the most famous one. Take a listen to it backward. Okay, here we go. Another one bust the dust. Ow! Another one bust the dust. Hey, hey! Another one bust the dust. Hey! No one. No one. No one. Yeah, you can hear it. I hear it. Like, but do you really think they were that calculated to try to say decide to smoke marijuana? <laughs> And why? I mean, why would you take the effort to put that into a song? Is it? I, I just I can't think of anything that I I would want that badly to. No, and and you know, Queen's one of the few bands where every one of their members has been a writer. Maybe it's the only band. Every wow. one of their writer has every one of their members has been a writer on, on a top hit. That's amazing. On like a number one hit. That's so, incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Literally, is incredible, and. So, but the thing that Roger Taylor, when he wrote that bass riff and then, he, you know, they did this song, like he's like, it's going to be another one bites the dust. And then backwards, it's going to be decided to smoke marijuana <laughs> because that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to make people in America smoke the marijuana. <laughs> like they care if anybody smokes right. marijuana. You know, like they, they, how does it even? Yeah, I don't know. So for, so yes, played backwards. Another one bites the dust that is sounds... decide to smoke marijuana. Who knew? I had no idea, um, actually. And I love that song. Yeah, that's a classic. Okay. Uh, the last one, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. And this is... Dude, no stairway. Can't you read the sign? Hey, it's my podcast, and <laughs> I'm okay with stairway. Let's play it out. Still 
Okay. It would be the exact opposite of the intention of the song if they really wanted people to hear my sweet Satan. <laughs> yes, you can hear that backwards. Well, that's kind of cool, actually. If you're, you know, from the, the standpoint of it's a piece of art going forward, you're looking at Stairway to Heaven, going backwards, what are you looking at? Right, you're going down to hell. Right, so I mean... The highway to hell. That I kind of appreciate, actually. Sure. It's kind of cool, a little, little Easter egg in there. It is. It's just, I, you know, the like these things just <laughs> happen. Creepiest. Words are words. We have 26 letters. We only have so many, yeah. you know, phonetics. Right. And, and that's just... The way it goes, but that's you know some that's I think those are the most famous of them. Um, so do we think these things really work? I mean, my opinion is that they don't. Yeah, I mean, especially the nature of the messages. I mean, they're not like telling people like go kill your parents or anything like that. You know, it's just kind of little. It's kind of fun stuff. Like it's do it, <laughs> do it. Get the flaps out. <laughs> that's hilarious. yeah. Ozzy, get the flaps out. So, okay. The first studies that came about in the 1950s, um, the drink Coke message at the movie theater. Yeah. Like even work? the well, the initial scientist who came out and said, you know, that it worked. He came out and he retracted the findings, <gasps> saying that the study was faulty. What? But we do have, I mean, just recently in, in this past decade. So um, Princeton University's Joel Cooper uh was had some television view- viewers watching a program of The Simpsons and put in subliminal messages related to thirst. He found that the people actually got thirstier. That's interesting. Published a paper in 2002 in the Journal of Applied Social Psychology. And here's the quote. Our findings, along with a growing body of research and social cognition, suggest that there might be some truth to the suggestion that our motivational states are affected Whoa. and might even be caused by pre-consciously perceived stimuli. Whoa. Which means that his that study works. his study showed that subliminal messages work. So while, while I would say that's a silly thing, um, the science actually says different, that we can be influenced by things that we cannot perceive. Which is why it's good when the government actually says, like, you, sh- you can't do that. I mean, on radio broadcasts and stuff? Sure. Because imagine you got your radio on and then it's like... Right, it said things like, <laughs> right, give Mike $100. Right, or just like, um, I don't know. what would it Subscribe to like? this podcast. Right. Review us on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be more like uh, pay your taxes. I don't know. Right, no, the, what the government would say. I was thinking about things like us saying yeah, things yeah, like no. review us on iTunes, right. which people should do anyway. Oh, yeah, that's a great We really great need point. you guys to come on iTunes. If you guys are on iTunes and you're downloading it from there, please leave a review. Pretty, 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 I'll please. see you on the other side. This is important because it helps spread the message to other people. It gets more downloads. We're getting more downloads every week. And yes, we want to thank, thank you. you for spreading that message. We're you guys having, are awesome. We're having a good time. We're getting really good <laughs> feedback. But leave a review on yeah. iTunes. Go it, on, just click five stars. Say that Mike and Wendy are the sexiest mofos you've ever seen. <laughs> or not seen. For, or listen to Mike and Wendy are sexy mofos. No, <laughs> no, but seriously, if you guys, if you have, I mean, it really, it takes like 30 seconds. Maybe you go on there. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't even have enough reviews right now for people to see an average review rating. Right. So we're... So if it would just mean a lot to us to have... Uh, it just it just adds a lot. It adds a lot. It's, it's important for the promotion of the podcast. Yeah. So and we're developing new things every day, and new members and and new people are listening, and 
getting even more people is going to make this more fun. We're going to have yes. great more, like the more listeners we get, the cooler guests will join get. Join the community. And the more people will listen to Sunspot songs, which is, you know, if you guys are sun, no, if you guys are Sunspot listeners, that's you're, right. you're helping us out too. We heart you. So anyway, that's just a little bit um, on subliminal messages. And uh, well, we'll be back. Yes, we will. And in the meantime, let's listen to some music. Okay, that sounds great, Mike. And show notes can be found at othersidepodcast.com slash 14. That's number 1414. And please feel free to contact us uh, if you have any questions or ideas for future shows at othersidepodcast.com slash contacts. Today's song is a Sunspot original instrumental. We snuck in a few subliminal messages in there for you. See if you can pick them out. This one's called The Long Hammer. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.